Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is where we have motivational, inspiring conversations and interviews that we hope you will enjoy listening to. If you're interested in creating more balance in your life, understanding your five-element energetic nature, finding the path of greatest ease, or releasing the baggage of this lifetime and discovering ancient alchemy that can help you fly in your life, Join us and other inspired actioneers on this alchemical transformational journey. Welcome back to the Inspired Action Podcast. My name is Jay and I'm here with my co-host, Lita Herman. This is pod number 11. Now, Lita, you've been telling us about these numbers in Chinese numerology for a couple episodes now. Let's keep it going. I'm kind of into it. What's the meaning of number 11? Number 11 happens to be my favorite number. And you'd think Number 10 would be my favorite number because 10 is the number of perfection. But think about it. 11 is perfection plus one. Yeah, it's my favorite number too. <laughs> so what does that actually mean? Well, we, we said that the human being is perfect, which is a whole paradigm mind shift. But let's let's think about the number 11. If, if perfection, if you add the number one to perfection, what does that mean? It means perfection isn't enough. Like you keep wanting to grow and strive to do and be something new. So if we were all living in perfection all the time, what do you think would happen? <laughs> My guess I'd get bored. I like the you, challenges of every day, you, the big things, the little things. I like the imperfection of perfection. How's that? Right. I think we'd get terribly bored if everything was perfect all the time. No exception. I'm not saying I don't like perfection. Sometimes <laughs> I associate that with ease, yes. but I yes. I'm okay with it. But you know, even a lot of spiritual gurus say that we are alive because we want to experience something beyond being just pure light and love. Like we want to know what would happen if Fill in the blank. Yes, fill in the blank. So we get born to experience our trials and tribulations and challenges so that we can grow and evolve. So that's what the number 11 represents. It's change. It's even like mutation. And if everything just stayed the same, we'd go crazy with boredom. Yeah. So thankfully, we have a lot of things that don't go perfect. Yes. We have a lot of opportunity <laughs> yes. to practice this. Which is challenges, which is one of my favorite words. Yes. Not problems, but challenges. Yes. And so that leads us perfectly into this very important episode today. This is pod 11. It's about meeting your own spirit face to face. This is the final step to stage one in alchemy. Yay. Yay. You were right. It was a long process and we're just getting started here, but we're yes. at the final step for stage one. So let's, let's do a review or a little recap, if you will, on what we've done in stage one so far. So I'll go first. We've entered the mystery gate and looked behind the veil and taken the red pill. From the matrix. From the matrix. <laughs> we've asked ourselves, what do we really, really want with no limitations? Yes. And we've, an we've allowed the answer to really gel in our hearts so that we can be sure about what we want. So sure, in fact, that we'll stop at nothing to get it. Yep. And then we've grappled with and released all our rebellious chi, which we talked about in the last episode. And that's the belief that we have to fight for what we want and we're not feeling the ease of allowing what we want to come to us. You're actually starting to get what you want without the effort. Yes. So remember the Wu Wei. Yes. And getting to that yes, mindset. Yes, the effortlessness of Wu Wei. And today we're going to have a conversation about how you can start to commune with your true self. Yes. And it's almost like that isn't possible as long as you're fighting so hard. 
the fight in you can't be present to really meet your spirit and have a conversation with it. Your spirit is all about ease. And of course, you can be, do, or have anything you want. So you can't have a dialogue with your spirit if you're all about having to push so hard to get what you want. So I, I always think once you release the need to fight, then you can start to relax. This relaxation is really the key to being present, to presence. You can be present with yourself in a whole new way. Sorry. So let's talk about presence first. If you constantly have an agenda that you're working to get what you want, then you're not being present, correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, presence is not trying to get what you want, but but trusting that what you want is coming to you. You're on the way to everything you want. It's your journey. So there's got to be some peace inside of you. That means you can truly be in the now moment. Yeah, I like that. The peace inside. I mean, I think this is what Eckhart Tolle, what we've already talked about, was saying. And then I was thinking there's another good reference and resource for people who are struggling with this. And that's a book called Presence Process by Michael Brown. And he gives you a step-by-step -step way to develop better presence. And, and this I, is like a Western perspective. Yeah. And I think his book is really about calming your rebellious chi, which is what we talked about in the last episode. And it's what rebellious chi is partially what creates all these emotional reactions that we have to the world. And Michael Brown says that we need to start to take responsibility for the quality of our experience which means we have to understand why these emotional reactions are happening. And then how to. How to work on it to, so that you're calm and yeah, peaceful. Yeah. So, you know, this is definitely an area that a lot of people need to work on. However, in when I'm working with people, it doesn't, you know, it's not like you just start talking about it. It comes up over time through a little questions and, and not everyone likes to spend a lot of time on this communing with your spirit, even though I think it's huge, important. Yeah. And, you know, we're not asking you to release all the anger and past hurt from past events in your life because that's stage two of alchemy. We're yeah. only on stage one. Yep, yep. The other thing is you can't push or fight to get rid of your own rebellious chi either. That's just more rebellious chi. So right. it has to be that you get to, to feel a sense of ease in what's happening currently in your day-to-day -day life. So can you feel greater ease? If so, then you can commune with your spirit. Yes. Well, there's another element that I think we could talk about here. And I think it's a major block for people. It's called personal integrity. Oh yeah. It's about keeping your word with, guess who? Yourself. Yourself. Yes. <laughs> if you, if you say you want something and you really think, you know, you've gone through the process and you have the will to go after it, or you're at least thinking about going after what you want. Are you constantly disappointing yourself and putting others ahead of you? So you never get what you want. You never get where you want to go. I mean, I've seen that people have a lifetime of this, you know, where they're constantly self-negotiating neg their way around these, oh, yeah. these, these events in their life and, and they're comfortable and painful and, but they're challenging. You know, you've gotten so used to doing what others want to do because maybe you're a pleaser. And so the partner, the kids, the parents, your boss, your coworkers, they all come ahead of you. You're in, it's like you're the big roadblock in your own life. They are the roadblocks, the, all the things that's holding them back. You know, it's the rebellious chi ruling them or ruling us because everyone has it and, and everyone has it at some degree. It's whether, you know, how big is it? How do you process it? How do you get around it? How do you move through it? Yeah. I mean, if you're standing in your own way, how do you 
stop doing that. Yeah. It's like excuses. They just keep coming up with, that's the simplest way to say it. when you're self-negotiating in a, in a, not in a great way, you're trying to talk yourself out of doing what you really want. You start to come up with excuses. So like, what's an example of an excuse? I think the number one that I see at least initially is money. It's a lack of money. It's a perception of lack of money. It could be a lifetime of poverty mentality, a lifetime of deprivation of things that they've always wanted to do or see or feel or think they've want to do all these things. But because they are not completely, you know, flush with money, they, they don't do it. So, you know, an example would be, you know, I would love to travel, but I don't have enough money. So, and then when we start to talk about it, they don't go anywhere. So it's like a big issue. They, they would like to travel the world, but because they don't have enough money or they don't think they have their money, they don't go anywhere in their day. In so their they life. just buy a lot of travel magazines and sit on the toilet and, Maybe if and dream. Maybe they're lucky, <laughs> if they're lucky, but they literally flush their dreams. Huh? <laughs> they flush their dream. There you go. <laughs> no, so, you know, it, it might, someone might say, you know, I'd love to go to Costa Rica for a year. But then they're like, I don't want to quit my job. And my husband says, um, we need the money. And so they never put themselves or their needs in a place where it needs to be validated. So yeah. it's always. So they put it off. Oh, I'll put it off a year. And then, then it's three years and then right. it's five and then years. That five years never comes. So we just ask questions and, you know, I can't figure it out for them. Even if I can clearly see what's holding them back, they have to figure it out for themselves. And that's what we're talking about today. How you can figure it out for yourself. You have to figure out the whys, the hows, the ifs, you know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. So this is really about getting out of your own way. Yeah. Okay. So what are some more examples? Well, you know, we could talk about some different things, but I always like to throw in some accountability issues because if there's no consequences, consequences, or if there's no, you know, immediate reaction to what you're doing, then you seem to do it more and more and more. So negotiating with yourself with no accountability, that could, you know, set you off for three, four or five years because it's easier to hold that dream off than to work out right now what they truly want, or I say, I'll say what I truly want, but it's really for them. There's these shackles that can be years, decades when right now they have the key inside of them, but they have to look, you have to want to look. Yeah. I get a lot of these in my sessions too, and they can take some time to work through. Sure. You know, here's, here's another one I was just thinking about every time you cheat on your diet. Okay. So if you're really want to put your health first and what you're doing, you, you know, you're putting off your personal mission to get in shape, eat healthier, finally wear that bikini, whatever that is for that person, what they truly want. But every time you, you know, negotiate something or put that off, that is not, that's rebellious cheat. And I've seen it where people hate their job and they swear they're going to leave and they, they, they've been there for another two years. And then they, every time they get yelled at at work or harassed, they just have to put up with it. And you even know, if they know they want to do something else. Yeah. So, you know, how do they get out of that? You know, wait, I'll give you one more. So like, let's just do a family one. So every time, let's just say you go to your mother-in-law's house and they're mean to you or they criticize or they talk down to you, you know, you promise yourself we wouldn't let, you wouldn't let it happen again, but you do it. You go for your party, you go for the kids and you know, in your heart, you truly don't want that toxic energy in your life. Yeah. What, are, what would you do? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a conundrum because you, you don't want to let the people you love down. Yeah. And you know, here's another one I wrote on my notes here. If you, uh, if you wait to, let's just say you want to move to a warmer climate and you're like, well, I'm going to wait until I retire. 
You know, you don't, because you think you don't have enough money or you don't want to sell the house or finally clean the house out or deal with the mess that has accumulated over the years. It's not just a physical mess. It's emotional, energetic, all these things pile up. So you don't, so you live 20 years in a climate you don't want to live in because you're trying to wait until you retire. I yeah. know. It's like, you don't even have words for that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I think, but I hear it. You probably hear it too. It's like they, people, I, they negotiate, they talk themselves out of doing what they want to do. They put themselves in their needs last all the time. Yeah. All the time. And these violations of your own integrity can oh, that's be constant. A good one. Violations of your own integrity. Yeah, that's what it is. Violations yeah. of your own integrity. Wow. You know, and that, and that goes hand in hand with accountability. You know, so, so here's a question, you know, it, for me, it's, I think that there's a, a correlation between having this personal integrity and sometimes the transition to get there. Yes. Like you want that new job. I mean, it's not going to happen immediately. You can't wake up in the morning and say, that's it. I'm done. I mean, you can't. Well, you can. You can quit. Yes. But, well, you could take baby steps. I know. I see right. where you're going. Yes. So, so cause I I remember um, when I started my practice, I was actually working in the corporate world at a job that, you know, most people would be ecstatic to have. I, you know, I had a great salary. It was interesting and challenging work. I was a system engineer designing software products. It's, it was like a dream job, but for someone else, not, not for me. Yeah. I was bored. I never enjoyed it. And I discovered Chinese medicine and that became my passion. You know, we've talked about what's your passion? And that I was so passionate about. And so I needed to find a way as, as I continued to study Chinese medicine and working full-time in my, my corporate job and working part-time in my practice. So this is a good example of having that epiphany of that thing in your life and then your dream job getting in the way. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like I, I literally cried for months and months and months because I felt trapped. I felt like I needed to provide for my family. You know, I had a young child. Um, you know, I, I had to pay for all sorts of things for, for him and, and my family. And it was a tough time. Um, so how did you move forward with that? Well, I don't know exactly the moment it happened, but one day I realized that I needed to love the job I was in and kind of stop fighting so hard against it because it was, it, it, I had a great salary. So I thought if I could really work there for one more year and just save a lot of money, get in a really good financial position, I could quit that job start working full-time in my practice and I would be able to make it through the transition time of having less income as my practice got better and better. Right, so that's a good example. And this is why I wanted you to tell the story of having a plan, not in, in doing some self-negotiating, but taking real steps to move it forward. Yeah. Once I decided that on, on the date that I planned to quit, which was a year from the day I realized this, I, that that was non-negotiable. I was not going to doubt it. I was not going to go back on my own word. And from that moment on, I was going to save X amount of dollars. I was going to pay off so many debts and I was going to get in a really good financial position. And you know what was amazing? When the day came that I was going to quit, my boss helped me out so much. They gave me such a great, you know, way of saying goodbye that it, 
it was almost painless. I think I did a little bit of contract work for a a short amount of time afterwards to just kind of ease that transition. And then I was able to just walk away. And the amazing thing is my practice went amazingly well from that point on. It had been kind of, you know, part-time and doing okay. But suddenly because I committed out, out in the world to being this person, this sure, practitioner. It's that accountability. So yeah. it's like that jumping off the ledge, the little bird trying to fly, like we talked about in the last episode from Pima. Yeah. You know, that poem. That's yeah. the poem of taking that. I jumped thing out going. of the nest with all the poop and I just flew. And it was amazing. I even got a, a, an article in a local paper on the on the cover. And suddenly I went from, you know, part time to more than full time. I had a waiting list. I've had a waiting list ever since that was, you know, 15 years ago. So it's 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 an interesting story because I was struggling so much and so much in my own way in the beginning. You were that little boat that was being tossed around. You set your sail, you got your oar, you yeah. started to go in that direction. I charted my course. There you go. There, there you, you go. go. That's what there I did. Go. And then you found your teachers, everything lined up. You started working really hard on the Chinese medicine even more. Yep. I think that that's inspiring. You know, if you had kind of hemmed and hawed and come up with all the reasons, which would have been a lot of why you couldn't do this, fear would have crept in, you know, excuses, time, all these things. You know, I always- I would have still been working for that company. still be working for Today, I am sure of it. I I think one thing that, uh, I think this is human nature that everyone is afraid of the unknown. Yes. Everyone is afraid to take the risk. That's what's coming up. So we talked about also failing hard, failing again. We have to keep growing once we get too static, you know, in, in anything in our lives. I mean, I, I love my practice. I love going to work, but I had to even grow there and I started writing books and now we're doing a podcast. And so it's like uh, my growth path didn't end with the practice. Yeah. Even though it did great. Well, we're on those journeys. You know, you don't want it to be the same thing every day. That would be so boring in many respects. You know, you're on the road, you're on your road. It takes turns. It goes up hills, down hills. It's the bumps, it's the potholes, it's the Those patches of smoothness. Major potholes, watch out. Yeah, you know, like, so, but that's what makes life worth living. That's what makes life interesting. Yes. And, you know, we talked about it before. We make excuses for why things can't be the way we want them to be. And part of our integrity is not allowing those excuses to seep into our consciousness and the accountability of knowing that you have to answer to yourself, not your parents or your partner or your kids. I guess it's about growing up. I, I think it's a little bit about putting the big girl pants on and <laughs> yeah, growing up a little bit. <laughs> you know, because ultimately we're headed to understand our own personal accountability. That's what we're on this journey. That's what this podcast is about. We're at stage one right now. We're at this last bit. This is about communing with yourself, your spirit. You yeah. know. And I just want to say one more thing about accountability when we get to stage three of alchemy accountability is that there's something in you that's creating these obstacles in your life. We just think, oh, something out there is happening. But there's this belief that if they keep appearing over and over and over again, that you are responsible. Something in your vibration is is rebellious and feels the need to create those obstacles. But that's a higher level concept. We haven't gotten there yet. But since you use the word accountability, I think it's important to 
to think about it on a bigger scale. I agree. I think it sounds fantastic and I can't wait till we get there. But for today, let's move on to how to converse with your higher self. When you're asking what you really want, you're essentially receiving the information from your higher self. We're going to go on retreat, as you like to say, open your mind, listening to some of the higher voices inside, not the monkey mind voice. So so let's go with that step. Yes. So now with this step, which you're communing with your higher self, you're actually going to have an easy conversation face to face with yourself. It, it doesn't, I, like I mean, you can look at the mirror if you want, but if we're you really, really want the face to face, pick up a mirror, <laughs> yeah. but we're not really talking about looking in the mirror. <laughs> okay. Yes. But this step requires you. Actually, some, metaphorically, we are yeah, talking about looking in the mirror. <laughs> it is looking in the mirror. Isn't yes. It? So you need to spend some time just being with yourself with no agenda. And remember in, yes. in when you asked yourself what you really want, that was an agenda. What do I really want? And that's a simpler exercise. This time it's a little bit like meditating and not thinking of anything. You're not saying, oh, I want to know this and I want to know that. It's it's a no agenda. Lucky for everyone, we've made another meditation for you. Yes, we have. So this meditation that we're going to do, I'm going to let Lita talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So this one comes from shamanism and it's an excellent visualization that anyone can do. And where did you learn about this? Well, many years ago, when I first started um, with healing uh, medicine, I studied plant spirit medicine, which is a form of shamanism. And I learned how to do these type of visualizations, which they call dream journeys. But essentially a dream journey is just a meditation. And in fact, in Taoism, visualization is one of the best meditation techniques you can use. And I certainly agree for people like me who never really like to sit still for too long. You know, it helps me meditate because I'm focusing on something. I kind of have a task that I can do. I've really embraced meditation lately. You know, I've been really working on myself, cultivation, all the things that we're talking about in the podcast. You know, I have several kinds of meditations now that I could do depending on where I am that week or that day or even that hour. I now have multiple ones that I could pull out. And in this meditation, you're going to take a journey to meet your teacher. And your teacher is essentially the higher self we keep talking about. You know, I'd like to think of it as in for me, uh, when I'm doing the visualization, it's like my own guardian angels. I, I know that word is those that phrase is kind of overdone, but for me, I kind of imagine this group up there kind of hanging out, waiting to just be there for me whenever I have a question. They know me like completely. There's no BS. I don't have to explain things. I don't have to, you know, justify anything. It's just they're there. It's almost part of me, but I love still that. separate. I love that idea because you can think of it, you know, like another person. You can like personify your teacher and but the first time when you when you're going to go on this journey, you're not going to have an agenda or think, oh, I think my teacher should be like this. Or yes. it's it's really about who is my teacher? I'm going to go meet this, this you know, person. They can, they can be open to whatever comes their way. Everyone is different. Everyone's going to have a different path, a different teacher, so to speak, even though it's themselves. Yeah. But it's going to have that visual. So let's just explain the meditation and the visualization. First, you're going to relax the body from the head down. And we have a meditation that's going to be available on the podcast, episode 11, uh, on our show notes on the website. And so you can Wait, what is the website? www.inspiredactionpodcast.com. Okay. So first we're going to relax the body from the head down and that's in the meditation. And then you're going to imagine that you float or fly up to the clouds above you. 
because your teacher lives in quote unquote, like heaven above the earth. We could say cloud city, cloud city, right? Star Wars. Wars. (laughs) So this is a journey in shamanism to what they call the upper world. So who knew cloud city was upper world. And this, you can look at it however you want to. You can think of it like heaven. You can think of it like clouds. You can imagine it just like it's white light. It, yeah. It's completely whatever your imagination comes I up I remember with. when I first started this a couple of years ago, I used to kind of think of it like it's like a movie, you know, bright lights and clouds parting. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. everyone can just, whatever helps you get there. If you have a really vivid imagination, go for it. Yeah. And all you have to do is imagine yourself going upwards, however that looks and however that needs to be. And then when you get to that destination somewhere in that place, the clouds or the bright light, then your teacher will appear to you. So don't worry if no one shows up right away, right? Like, right. And so, oh, I forgot to say that. So (laughs) it, it can sometimes take several tries of just going to the upper world before a teacher appears. So you're, you don't need to manufacture one if one's not coming to you. The first time I did a dream journey, I, it took me a week for anything to happen. So I, I'm not a visual person. I'm a, I'm a kinesthetic person. So it was really hard for me to do these visualizations in the beginning. Whereas Jay, it sounds like visualization really comes naturally to you. Yeah, it's definitely for, um, for me. It certainly helps. At least that when I was doing this in the beginning, it certainly helped, but yeah, I'm a more visual person. Yeah. So you want to relax your mind. You don't want to create anything that's not really just being allowed to happen. For me, my teacher was my grandmother and it was like she was bigger than me and I was a little child. And when we first started talking to each other, it was more wordless. In other words, it doesn't really matter how that teacher shows up and what's said. The fact is that you aren't trying to create something just because you're nervous that you're not don't know how to do this. You let it happen. And And it will happen in a way that when you start having this conversation with your teacher, oftentimes you'll get these amazing realizations that you wouldn't have gotten on your own. You really are sort of tapping into some wisdom that you don't normally have. Yeah. And I think everyone has their own personal way. No two people are going to have the same experience. Yeah. And, you know, some people it's, it's like there's an angel or, you know, it's a, it's a teacher that they used to have in the past. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just that that personification of this higher self will come in whatever way it needs to come. So now, Lita, we've got a number of guided meditations. We're getting a little collection here. How do you recommend people to do these meditations? Which one first? You know, um, we're having the stage one. So we have three in stage one, if I'm not mistaken. So let's help them make a plan. Let's not try to create a little overwhelm on which one, where, what's the best plan that they could follow? Sure. Yeah. One of the nice things about having a few choices for meditations is remember the number 11 is about how we get bored with perfection. So if you try one of these meditations and you love it, you might do it every day for a long period of time, but eventually you might want to try something else. It's human nature to get bored. Yeah. I think I mix it up a lot. Yeah. And so we want you to have lots of choices. So we're going to continue to do these meditations, these guided meditations, and you can try them all out. And you could also ask if you have any questions in the Facebook group. Yes. If you're, you know, if you're struggling with one or if you, even if you're having success with one that would with one that would even be better. Yes. Um, and we have a lot we can always answer any of your questions. But yeah, I think, you know, again, it's it's a 
communing with your own spirit. So it does take a little time, but I really enjoy doing this one. And in general, I'd like people to take their time with each one of the meditations and really try them out and see what works for them. There's no right way to do it. There's only your right way. That's good. That's a really good one. So um, just have some fun with that meditation. Take it slow and you'll start to have a conversation with yourself, with your higher self, with your spirit. So, and that's stage one. Yeah. And, and stage one takes some time for people who have had a lot of rebellious chi and fight in their lives. So take your time, do the different meditations. You can go back and listen to the podcast again. Remember, you start with the watcher, wherever you are. Yeah. And keep up with your journaling. And we're going to take a break from alchemy for just a few weeks. And we're going to work on another one of our favorite topics, the five elements. Yes, we discussed the five elements in, I think, episode number two. So you can go back and listen to that if you'd like. We love the five elements. Yes. Woohoo! They're so much fun and they give everyone so much insight into themselves and how they move through the world energetically. Absolutely. And it could also be who you're with for a partner. You could be your children, your parents, you know, your neighbors, your boss, everybody. It's kind of, you can really start to see what you surrounded yourself with energetically. Yeah. And it's really important before we move on to stage two of alchemy, that you really begin to understand your true energetic nature. And that's how we use the five elements with people. Yeah, I think it's easier to to figure it out once you get going, how you act, how you react, and then you can maybe be a little easier on yourself and stop beating yourself up for, you know, I've heard so many things people say, but a lot of times people are like, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over? Yes. You know, is there something wrong with me? Am I stupid? I hate to use that word, but <laughs> I, I didn't, the people say that to me and I'm like, no, no, use that word. But <laughs> you know, they feel like they're just hitting their head over and over and over if they keep making the same things. Well, you're talking also about stage two stuff. So yeah. as we start to end stage one, we're going to be thinking about stage two, which just to give you a little preview of alchemy, it's the hardest stage because you have to let go of all the heart pains from your past. We're going to be, there's going to be all that baggage you've been carrying around and we're going to start to work on releasing that baggage. You'll carry the energy from stage one Mm -hmm. into it. It's, you know, you still have that good feeling going on and then you start doing the work. You keep doing the work. But so let's talk a little bit about the five elements. You know, if you are reacting a certain way energetically, for example, wood, if you're blaming someone else's, I'm going to say it, lack of intelligence, is that a nice way of <laughs> saying nice it? Way to say or, it. or their own for that matter, right. you know, maybe they get a little angry or a little pissy. That would be wood. Yeah. Okay. So for fire. So for fire, you know, when you're reacting to the world, you immediately go to, well, they don't love me because I screwed up or... So it's about love. It's not being lovable. Yeah. Earth, no one is help. No one is helping you. Nobody's helping you. It's such a difficult, awful thing. No one's listening. No one cares. Yes. And if it's yeah. metal, it's like, I give up. It's just another way I'm losing now. I've lost everything. And water, I'm freaking out. It's drama. It's scary every moment. So if any of those, that's how you, that's kind of like your crisis mode in yeah. those elements, correct? Well, yeah, I think if it's on a mild level, um, it just has to do with your default nature. And it's just a way that you kind of negatively react to the things in your world. And and we bring this up only again, because as we move into stage two, we're going to have to dig a little deeper. Right now, you're just working on how you're living your day-to-day life and letting go of the things that are bugging you today. Yeah. And it's not always your first element that responds to something. It could be 
something, another element that yeah. also Yeah, remember you have all five yep. elements and the third element in your stack up, we call it, is usually the one when you're having a really bad time of it. You've broken up with your lover or you got fired from a job or something horrible. Life happened. moments that yeah. are not always fun. Yeah. So that's your third. So it's important to learn your first three. And you know, those are some not so the positive not so much the positive characteristics elemental. We're also going to talk about the super positive ways to look at each each, each element. Um, when we go over the each one we're going to really take a deep dive and look at it so you'll understand yourself a little bit better. And remember in episode two, we have a free PDF download of one of our books, Connecting Your Circle, which is going to dovetail really nicely with the next five elements. Yeah. So if you uh, haven't done your episode. homework, yeah. I'm not nagging, but go back, get the free <laughs> book. It's a quick read. It's, it was, it's just like a little primer. I like to tell people about the five elements to get you to start to look at yourself and those around you. And I'm really excited about the next episode because it's, it's going to be funny and, and fun. fun. Funny. No, it's going to be about wood. <laughs> well, wood is never funny, right? No, no, wood is always funny. Okay, so yeah, so we're going to start off with wood. Because uh, wood is the best, right? Yes, we have to give it to the wood people. That they, they're very awesome. Actually, it's true because they're impatient, right? Right. Yes. Well, we we like to just, well, I'll whisper this so the woods can't hear. I'm they right need here. To, <laughs> they need to think they're the best, so we have to let them think they're yes, the best. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so much for leaving the best for last. Right. Yeah, okay. All right, so we're going to do wood. Wood, fire, earth, metal, and then water will be last, correct? Yes, yes. water. All right, so your homework for this episode. Because water is most patient. Yes, so and patient. And wood is least patient. Yes, yeah, so we Sorry. put the, the front, the beginning, <laughs> at the end. That's really good. Sorry, water people, you must wait. They actually probably would like to wait. They love it. Yeah. Anticipation. Anticipation. That's a great <laughs> way. So uh, that may, that reminds me that you should go back and look at your very first journal entries about being the watcher. And you may have noticed that you had some things you were doing in your life that weren't serving you as the watcher. You might've noticed that written it down. Now is a time to go back and say, huh, I could really change those habits. Yeah. Start working on your self-cultivation and start yeah. to make some of the changes because that you know you want to make. Right. And because life is getting easier, yep. you could actually more easily change those bad habits, yeah. quote unquote. I mean, and they're keep, not bad. Continue but. to do your letting go meditation. Yeah. For sure. And 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 then um, as you get better and better at it, you do the journey to your high self, higher self. And remember, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us in the Facebook group. We're and, very accessible. We're on it every day. So ask away. And we get a lot of DMs and we get a lot of emails and stuff. But if we can try to get everyone to get a little vocal in the Facebook Facebook group. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And the next up is the five elements. Hey, fun, fun, fun. That's a virtual high five. Boom. <laughs> You've been listening to the Inspired Action Podcast. You can follow our Inspired Actions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you have already, thank you so much. We read all reviews and really appreciate your input. Join us next week for another Inspired Action Conversation. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hug the dog. <laughs>